Matthew 26, 26 through 28, we, we see a, an account of the Last Supper. And it says this, Now as they were eating, Jesus took bread, and after blessing it, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. For this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness, for, for the forgiveness or the remission of sins. You know, it's interesting. As we look, we're going to be in, in 1 Corinthians 11 for quite a while. So if you want to turn to that, you can kind of, you know, mark your spot. Um, as we read these accounts, um, we see a smaller set of words or descriptors used about the bread and a larger description used about the cup, used about the wine, the blood. And I think because of it, a lot of the church today makes communion just about the blood. And we kind of we kind of fly past the body. We kind of fly past the, the bread. And we go straight to the blood. And the blood is vital and important. But friends, the body, the bread is just as vital and just as important. For a lot of Christians, the importance of the Lord's Prayer it's been forgotten. For a lot of Christians, the importance of the Lord's table, it's been forgotten. Things that, 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 were, that are traditional, that a lot of times we just, we forget about the importance and the vitality of them. You guys, communion was never meant to be merely a ritual. Christ's blood and his body, they are significant to us. And he gave his body to us. And he gave his blood to us. And he gave both to us freely. I love that when we talk about Jesus, we talk about a powerful, mighty, victorious, conquering king who freely gave. He didn't have it ripped from him. He didn't have it taken from him. He freely gave. Communion is commonly referred to as the Lord's table. And on that table, there are two elements. There's the cup and the bread. The cup represents the blood of Jesus that was shed for us. Whether there's wine in it or juice in it, we use juice. It represents the blood and the bread. It represents his body. So today what I want to do is I want to focus on the body. I want to focus on the bread. So in preaching this message, um, the title of it is, is The Living Bread. So we're going to read 1 Corinthians eleven twenty three through 25. We're going to stay in 1 Corinthians 11. And I want us to notice the use of the word bread um, in this passage. 1 Corinthians 11. 23 through 25. For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, this is Paul, this is Paul sharing, that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took bread. And when Jesus had given thanks, he broke it. He said, this is my body 
which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. So preparing for this message, I, I did a lot of reading and studying just about, about communion, about the Lord's table, about fellowship, about the breaking of bread. And, and I saw some things that are interesting, um, and I'll share them now. Uh, in, in Jewish tradition, so communion precedes the Last Supper. Breaking bread together, um, that, was, that was part of Jewish tradition. And in that, the person who broke the bread was the person of honor in the room. The person who broke the bread was the one who was most honored. Oftentimes it was the host, but if there was a special guest, then that person would be asked to break bread. And in the breaking of the bread, there was always blessing. The breaking of the bread is synonymous with blessing. It's interesting. I I wanted to incorporate it... um, into my preach, and I chose not to. But if you look in the Word, there's a story of of men on a road that Jesus appeared to. And this was after the crucifixion. And this is, and they're talking about the crucifixion of Jesus. And Jesus appeared next to them and started walking with them. And he started teaching. He started sharing the Word and teaching. And they didn't recognize him. In the teaching of the Word, They didn't recognize him. This is the resurrected Jesus. But when they got to the, they were invited to come to the homes, and when they got to the homes, he broke bread. They asked him, they gave this guest a place of honor, this stranger, and they asked him to break bread. And in the breaking of the bread, what happened? Their eyes were opened, and they said, how, this is Jesus. How have we been with him the whole time? That's amazing to me. Jesus wasn't recognized in the teaching of the word. But he was recognized in the breaking of the bread. In the blessing of that. Why do I say that? Friends, there's power in this thing that we do. There's power in this thing. Whether it's today that we do corporately or whether it's every week when it's available back there, there is power in it. The salvation that Jesus provided for us was found in both the body and the blood. When we talk about the body, guys, we're talking about Jesus. When we're talking about taking the body, we're talking about receiving the body, we're talking about receiving Jesus, his life, the person of Jesus, the Godhead and, and the part in that that Jesus is. You guys, in the Bible, bread is used several different ways. So I'm, I'm going to highlight and just go quickly through five of them. First, there's natural bread. There's, there's meal bread. Natural bread is, is what we use, uh, you know, is what we eat. It's what used to sustain us and to nourish us. This is what Jesus mentioned in the Lord's Prayer in, in Matthew six eleven when he says, Give us this day our daily bread. It's the natural bread, okay? It's food. A second type of bread that's mentioned in the Bible is miraculous bread. 
you could also call it super bread, but it's miraculous bread. Now, it's still natural bread, but it's natural bread that was provided miraculously. So think of uh, the children of Israel. Think of manna, the provision of manna to sustain them. That, that every day there was new manna. And then on Saturday there was twice as much to carry them through the weekend. Manna. That, that's a type of miraculous bread or super bread. Um, the feeding of, of the 5,000. The multiplying of the, the loaves and the fishes. That's miraculous bread. Five loaves don't feed 5,000 men. It doesn't happen outside of the miraculous. So number two, there's miraculous bread. The third kind of bread mentioned in the Bible is unleavened bread. This was used for the Passover meal. The celebration of eating unleavened bread for Passover was a type or a shadow of that which was to come. As God had delivered Israel from Egypt by the hand of Moses, so God delivered us from slavery and bondage of sin through the work of Jesus Christ. God commanded Israel to remember their deliverance by observing a feast of unleavened bread. And he commands us to remember our deliverance by doing what? Partaking in communion. God's consistent, guys. So fourth type of bread that's mentioned is, is showbread. Um, I'll get to the description of showbread at first. But at first, when I think of showbread, I think it's a response to the invitation for me to have mo bread. Mark, would you like mo bread? Show bread. Show potatoes. Show more meat. But that's not what show bread is. Or kind of. So the show bread was kept in the tabernacle. It was kept there for the priests to use in their offering to the Lord. According to Leviticus 24.8, it said the bread is to be set out before the Lord regularly, Sabbath after Sabbath, on behalf of the Israelites as a lasting covenant. So the showbread in the temple as part of worship was meant to be a lasting covenant. Well, you guys, on the Lord's table, we have two elements that represent another lasting covenant. The covenant that God established with Jesus Christ and that Jesus made with us the covenant of that all who have accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior are, are in right now. A fifth type of bread mentioned in the Bible and the one that I want to focus on is the living bread. The living bread. Also called the bread of life. And it was called both of these things by Jesus himself. So if we can look at John chapter 6. Many times throughout the New Testament, Jesus referred to himself as the living bread or the bread of life. John 6 shows just how emphatically he made this declaration. So John 6.35 says this. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. And whoever believes in me shall never thirst. And then 13 verses later in 48, it says, I am the bread of life. And then three verses later in verse 51, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. 
Jesus came down and announced, I am the living bread. You guys, in partaking of this living bread, there's a new dimension of life that we come into. You know, we talked about the natural bread, and now we're talking about Jesus. We're talking about the living bread. We're talking about a new dimension of life, of power, of healing, of salvation. This isn't just a deliverance from a land and a wicked people. This is a deliverance from the curse of sin into eternal life with him. And this is only found in the living bread. When we accept Jesus into our heart and our life, believing by faith in his broken body and shed blood, we walk in a newness Let's not get freaked out by the word dimension, but it's true. We walk in a newness of dimension. There is a spiritual realm and there's a natural realm. And as children of God, we benefit from, from the openness into the heavenlies, guys. We get to walk and advance the kingdom of God. Because natural bread is earthly, but spiritual bread is heavenly. Natural bread, corruptible. Spiritual bread, <laughs> incorruptible. Natural bread is limited. Spiritual bread is unlimited. Natural bread feeds the body. And we need it. Spiritual bread feeds the spirit and the soul. And we need it. You guys, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. It's very important that we recognize the cup and what it means, what his blood means. It's interesting to, to Christians and to the church to, to have such reverence and affection in talking about the blood of Jesus. But let's remember, we're talking about the blood of Jesus. We're talking about the living bread. It's interesting. We look at those, those five types of bread, and all of those five types of bread Jesus encompasses. He provides for our natural needs. He cares for our natural needs. He, he is sacrifice. He is part of worship. He is a remembrance of our deliverance. He is miraculous. He is living. Why, why do I camp so long on, on the bread? Because we need to give it its due recognition, guys. Why do we need to give it its due recognition? Because the Bible says when we come together and take communion, we've got to give this its due recognition. We've got to come to it thoughtfully and thankfully and carefully and expectantly. The one who walked upon the earth and was sacrificed for our wholeness and soundness of body, that's the bread of life. The bread represents our Lord. He walked this earth in a physical body and he taught and he ate 
and he cared for, and he healed, and he set free, and he delivered, and he proclaimed, and he pointed people to the Father. And when we take the bread, we remember Jesus Christ. We're not just remembering his body, we're remembering Jesus. The Bible says that, that he was broken, yet not a bone was broken. So what was broken? His flesh. His flesh was torn and broken and bruised and beaten by hand, by rod, by whip, by nail, by spear. He was pierced. Not a bone, but the flesh. Why is that important? But because his flesh was torn. Because his flesh was broken. We now can walk victoriously against our flesh. Our flesh wants what it wants. We struggle with our flesh. We struggle with our will. And because he was broken, we can be whole through him in Jesus. The body that was beaten and whipped, bearing stripes, and who's by those stripes, we are healed. That body that was hung on the cross, the body that was buried in the grave and then raised again, that body is the living bread. Our Lord is the living bread. His body is the living bread. And I got news for you. He's got two new bodies now. He's got the body that... He, that's manifested upon him as he sits at the right hand of the Father, and he's got a body right here on the earth. And they're, they're tall and short and pretty and handsome and hairy, and they're us. I, I saw you and I thought of Harry. There's a lot of hair. There's just a lot of hair there. And bald, we're his body. And when we recognize his body, when we remember his body, when we properly discern his body, guys, we're also properly discerning the fact that we are called to advance the kingdom of God. We are his body. And we are living on this earth, furthering Jesus Christ. So how do we partake of the living bread? How do we receive the bread during communion? You guys, we received the bread during communion the exact same way that we received Jesus Christ into our lives as Lord and Savior. We do it by faith. We do it by faith. When we take communion, guys, and we grab that wafer or that cracker or that bread, heck, we've done, one, we've done communion with goldfish before. We didn't have goldfish, we, so we looted the, the kids' totes and we had... Yeah, communion with goldfish doesn't... When you have that and you receive the body, you receive the bread, we do it by faith. By faith, we remember what Jesus did for us. By faith, we partake of Christ's broken body and shed blood. By faith, we celebrate the healing and salvation that Jesus has provided you guys, nothing about the taking of communion should be done flippantly. But everything 
about the taking of communion should be done faith-filledly. My dad used to say that's not good English, but it is good preaching. When we take it, guys, it's not a ritual. It's not a religious act. It's not obligatory. We, we receive it by faith and expectation. Just as we approach worship with faith and expectation, just as we approach the, the, the preaching of the word and, and the sharing of the word and the receiving of the word and the reading of the word with faith and expectation. Verse 24 of 1 Corinthians 11, we read it before. I just want to read it again. And when Jesus had given thanks, he broke the bread and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. This is my body, which is for you. Which is, which was broken for you. Which was given for you. This is my body, which is for you. For you. For us. Remembering Jesus, guys. Do this in remembrance of me. Remembering Jesus. I talked about his, his body being torn and whipped and beaten. But Matthew 27 and Mark 15 tell us that his soul was also torn. Torn from the presence of God. Do this in remembrance of me. Remember. Remember. You guys, because of the brokenness he experienced, we are able to find healing. Isaiah 53, 5 says this, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds, we are healed. In just a moment, we are going to take communion. And I just want to encourage you guys to release your faith to all that God has for us in this. You know what? Perhaps, perhaps every single one of us in this place have done what I mentioned before, and that's just taken communion flippantly or carelessly or thoughtlessly without really giving meaning to, to what it is, what it represents, to what we remember. You guys, at the Lord's table, there is bodily healing and there's salvation. They're offered to you and I. And I encourage us to think of communion as something deeper than just uh, an element of worship. When we take communion, let's not rush through it. Let's remember. Let's remember Jesus. Let's remember his body. Let's remember his blood. Right now, where you are, I just ask you to determine in your heart to receive all that God has for you in this act of communion. The Apostle Paul, he emphatically warns us about eating communion, uh, the elements of bread and wine, and doing so in an unworthy manner. In verse 27, 
He said, whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and the blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself then and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who drinks and eats without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment on himself. Man, Paul don't play. I mean, that's, that's harsh. Paul came with it. And here's what he's saying in that. He's saying that if you take communion in this manner where that you're not doing it with worthiness, with remembrance of, of our awesome God, then what you're doing is you're aligning yourself with those who crucified him instead of aligning yourself in those who have been redeemed through his crucifixion. Once again, agreement. Agreement. You guys, when we take communion, we are to remember, not reduce. We remember and appreciate the depth and the suffering that Jesus endured so that we could be saved. We don't reduce communion to a mere religious act. What are some examples of of doing this unworthily, as Paul had mentioned. I think it's having that lack of appreciation. That lack of thankfulness. For the depth of suffering that he did for us. I think part of it is being unwilling to acknowledge or to confess our sins. Taking communion, guys, is a powerful time to acknowledge and confess our sins. Powerful time. We get to come to a gracious Lord, remembering Him, remembering His body, remembering His blood, and and confessing our sins, acknowledging our sins, but acknowledging His strength, His love, His grace over our sins, over our weaknesses, over our flaws. Paul tells us to examine ourselves before coming to his table. And so I want us to do that real quick. And as we do this, guys, I want to be abundantly clear. Examining, this self-examination we do, there's there's no room for, there's no room for shame. There's no room for shame in this self-examination. There's no room for self-hatred in this self-examination. There's no room for that because that is not that is not in existence in the presence of God. He does not shame us. He does not condemn us. He redeems us. So in this self-examination, it's not I'm just a bum, I'm a no good, you know, deadbeat dog. It's I'm redeemed. I am healed. I am saved. You guys, that is remembering. I am I am saved. I am healed. I am his. I'm redeemed. I'm set free. I'm delivered. It's about confession and repentance and remembrance that God is good. The Bible tells us in, I think it's Romans chapter 2, that it's the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. The kindness of God. So let's prepare to receive communion, but let's just take a moment just to, to where you are. Just examine. Examine our heart. 
prepare ourselves for this celebration of remembrance of our God. Before we take communion, I want to reemphasize there's salvation in this. In the remembering of Jesus and the acknowledging and the believing, there's salvation. This, this container that has the wafer, his, his body, the bread, and the juice, the cup, his blood, it's all about salvation. It's all about salvation. It's a remembrance that we are saved, that we are set free, that we are delivered, that we are healed. If you've never, and by the way, everyone, we, these are in your seats beneath you. And you can go ahead and, and grab these now if you haven't done so already. If you've never trusted your life in Jesus, you guys, here's how simple it is. You say, Jesus, I believe. And I receive you. I believe that this is not just some ritual that, that, we're, do, that we're about to do, but I, I believe. I believe in your life, and I believe that you are living, and I believe in your work, and I believe in your blood, and I believe that I can only be saved and whole through you. So just do that right now. No, no pomp, pomp and circumstance. No, just, just respond to him. So let's take the top layer of this off, and let's grab the wafer. Church body. This is the body of Christ, which was broken for you. This represents the life of Jesus Christ, lived for you and I, lived in obedience to the Father so that we would have no barrier between us and an awesome God. This represents the destroying of the barrier of sin just as much as the blood represents the destroying of the barrier of sin. I'd encourage you to do something. With your fingers, just break it. Break the bread. And just as you take it, pray blessing over your life, over your family, over your relationship with God, and receive the blessing of our covenant with God. At your leisure, you can receive the bread. And prepare the, the cup for the juice. Friends, once again, this cup, it represents the blood of Jesus. poured out for the annihilation of your sin, for the remission of sin, for the removal of sins. This is the blood of Jesus shed for you, not spilled for you because there's nothing accidental about it, not spilled, poured out intentionally so that sin would have no hold 
on our lives so that shame could not have any power against us so that we could be whole and free free from sin redeemed as you receive this cup receive his grace there's no place for shame in the presence of God this kindness is too great just squashes it receive his kindness receive his grace if the Holy Spirit's bringing things to your heart that you need to confess or repent of then confess it to an awesome God who says healed forgiven, done when you're ready just receive the cup of his blood Lord Jesus we remember you we remember you your life lived for us. The sacrifice of your life as you freely laid it down and were beaten and torn and tortured and crucified. And you died and you were buried and your body fell into a grave dead but you didn't stay that way you rose from the grave you were resurrected from the dead and you are alive today and in you we have life and we have salvation and we have grace and we have freedom and we have power resurrection power so Jesus we remember you in Jesus name amen